0: Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Children. Well, John has gotten a little bit cooler out there. A little bit. You know? It's, uh, it's I think fall fall is is around the corner. I think it really is. I think it's. It's getting closer. Yeah, we got Clemson having their first
1: football game. Yeah, Right this that's weekend. Right. So exactly. That's exciting.
0: That's exciting. Yeah, we got a lot of good stuff going on. Carolina's I
1: mean. got another two weeks uh before they play, so Yeah,
0: that's right. So it, it we're <clears> moving into fall here. I mean summer is gone. So here we go. And speaking of which, um, you know, we have some great topics here to talk about. Um Cause we're talking about retirement, so work may be gone for you. Maybe you're if you're right there and you're ready for retirement. We got two great topics. Um, one of them is the ten greet ten keys to a great retirement. Um, yeah, I mean these are really critical, and some of these things are, are are ones quite frankly that people overlook when they're thinking about retirement. So we want to go through those. You want to pay attention, you know, particularly if you're on that home stretch to retirement.
1: Yeah. And the other one is is kind of related to retirement. We see a lot of people working part time yep. uh, as a kind of a phase two before they actually retire. And so, you know, you, you want to make sure you understand how it impacts your uh, Social Security benefits, uh, Medicare and things like that, because it, uh, it does change some things on that. Um, but it seems like for most people, it's a good step to go full time yeah. to part time. You know, they still enjoy what they're doing and they, uh, they want to stay engaged. Uh, they just don't want the hours. So Yeah, um, it's
0: a great way to kind of test drive retirement, <laughs> yep. and kind of, you know, dip your toe in the water. So that'll be a great topic. Um, by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 25 years experience of providing financial planning and investment advice.
1: And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey uh, certified counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 28 years.
0: We're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Our podcast are up every Friday afternoon.
1: Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to all the podcasts, a lot of different topics out there you can go check out. Also, a lot of good tools, retirement calculator. We've got some college information out there. We've got some budgets uh, that you can take a look at. And then we have a Facebook page, MoneyMD, and we post a, a weekly prescription of the week on that. Go check that out. It's always a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and link to us on our website. You can send us your questions. We'll talk about those here on the air. Um, but we're going to start off here, John, with the financial fact of the week.
1: Yeah, this comes from a, uh, a study that just came out of University of Chicago, or opinion uh, poll. And, and about half of about 1,000 Americans that were surveyed, now this was back in, in mid-May, said that they would take the COVID-19 vaccine as soon as it became available Half of the people said they would not get the vaccine immediately, or they were not sure what they would do. I will say I read an article this wow. week that was interesting. It talked about how they're going to distribute the vaccine. Okay, they're going to start out with medical uh, frontline workers. Makes sense. Yep, and then they would also have uh, people that are um, uh, prone to it, so elderly Americans, and then they would kind of walk yeah. down the list from there. But sure, uh, it's not going to be a first come first serve type deal. I don't. No. Doesn't look like it. But <laughs> yeah, um, you know interesting half the people said they would wait or not take it at all
0: yeah that's shocking you know and i do run into some folks that they won't take it you know that are <clears throat> kind of uh against vaccines in yep, general but right. you know i mean i think it's critical i get the flu vaccine every year and i mean i think it really does help you and i think you know what i would want to be first in line right i mean this is a pretty quick vaccine so i'd like for them to try it out on me and people <laughs> first but
1: well they are doing studies right the, sure I they mean, are they're doing thirty thousand. yeah
0: but i mean i think you know it's not 3 million I, i'd really like to see a million probably but yeah. you know that's not very far down the list considering we have got 350 million people in the that's country right. so yeah. yeah so i would volunteer after that but uh well we'll see we'll see how it gets distributed but i think in general that makes sense to spread it out like that all right well that brings us up to our first topic here and this is 10 keys to a great retirement this is an article based on an article from street.com but, John, yeah, I mean, with so many people lagging behind in retirement savings now, <clears throat> you know, due to the market or debts, um, you know, it's high time that people kind of get serious about creating a blueprint for what retirement looks like. <clears throat> and so we got 10 keys here that will help you get in shape for retirement if you haven't already addressed these. And most people haven't addressed all of these for sure. Um But, yeah, I mean, a recent study, you know, shows that roughly 45% of working-age households have no retirement savings, none whatsoever. Um, Social Security only makes up about a third of the average retiree's income, and pensions are fast becoming extinct. So, you know, where is the rest of the income going to come from for that half that hasn't (coughs) saved anything for retirement and the majority who are woefully unprepared? Um, You know, and that's a... I mean, there's a good reason why, though, according to a recent study um, by the Employee Benefit Research Institute, only 18 percent of Americans are very confident that they'll have the income they need for a very comfortable retirement. Um, So anyway, let's look at the 10 specific financial steps you can take, um, which, if followed, will lead to the kind of retirement that you're probably dreaming of. So first one is knowing how much you're going to need for retirement. I mean, yeah, this is critical, you know, and it's it's kind of the old budget thing, I mean, you know, you have to have a financial goal in mind, um, and that's a great place for retirement savers to start. But you got to know how much it takes, and while every retiree situation is unique, you know, a study by the Bureau of Labor Statistics found that that um, you know for 64 to 74 year olds, um, they're going to need approximately 55 thousand dollars a year to live off of annually, on average. <clears throat> And so a rule of thumb, though, you know, is based, it, is, it says generally that you need 70 to 80% of your pre-retirement mm-hmm. income, right? That's kind of the basic rule of thumb. Well, Social Security is only going to cover 20 to 30% of that, um, John, you know, I mean, for most people. And so, you know, a shortfall is going to need to be made up with investments like your 401k and your Roth IRAs. So if you're like the average retiree with no pension, then you're going to need maybe $600,000, you know, to make up that difference, according to these stats, um, you know, that make up that remaining two thirds of your retirement income. That's a big that's a big part of it. So you got to know how much you're going to need, you know, to support your retirement income. That's the key.
1: Yeah. And the second step is, is you got to start saving early. And, you know, if you're not 25, you know, and listening to this, you probably know someone who is. So you need to share and impart your wisdom and your knowledge on this. But as we all know, the earlier you start, the more time your money has to grow. But according to a a recent survey by American Funds, nearly two-thirds of Gen Xers are are kept up at night thinking about financing their retirement. And the answer is, quite frankly, right in front of them. So the best way to avoid the fear of retirement is to plan ahead, kind of like what we were talking about, and start saving Early. So you got to deposit as much as you can into tax advantage retirement accounts like 401ks, get that match, and then put money into Roth IRAs before considering any other investment vehicles. So you got to start. And, uh, you know, if you're 50 listening to this, it's not too late. You can still start now and start building that nest egg.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. That's good. You got to start early. You know, time is on your side if you start early. Um, You know, the next one here is to maximize your 401k contributions. I mean, you know, and that's a first priority in retirement savings for anyone to fully fund your 401k. Make sure you get any matching funds that your employer offers, since that's free money. Um, you know, many employers match something like three to five percent of your pay, which goes a long way to getting you to that fifteen percent mark that we talk about often. That's an adequate, which is a w- adequate overall retirement plan contribution um 15%. So, you know, if your employer is matching 3 to 5, you're putting in 12, um you're probably there, you know, 10 to 12 um of your own money. <clears throat> you know, the IRS allows you to defer up to $19,500 per year uh this year if you're if you're younger than 50. Um once you're over 50, you get another $6,500 as a catch-up contribution. So that brings your total to $26,000 a year that can go into a 401k. You know, and it's ideal if you can max out this contribution up that limit. But regardless, we recommend that you make sure you're contributing 15% of your total salary, including your match, um, you know, before you start adding anything to outside Roth accounts or other, other accounts elsewhere.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a big one. Another one here is rebalance periodically. I mean, it's important to rebalance your retirement portfolio, particularly as you get closer to that, that magical date so that your portfolio doesn't stray too far from its target. So portfolios don't need to be frequently traded, but you should rebalance them quarterly or maybe at least once a year. And so if stocks go up or down significantly uh, during the year like they have this year, rebalancing can create a great opportunity to buy additional shares there are down while selling a little bit of what's still up. So, you know, if you look back in March, uh, did some rebalancing. Stocks have taken off 40, 50, 60 percent if you bought some back in mm-hmm. at the low point. So, by buying when stocks drop and then selling when they appreciate, you'll be continually buying low and selling high, which should be the goal of any long-term investor. So, this process actually helps. Uh, your return and it also lowers the risk over time. So that's a, that's a critical one if you're not doing it.
0: Yeah, that's a key step. <clears throat> it certainly is. Another one though, John is, is actually step one before all these other <laughs> things. And that is maintaining an emergency fund. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this is the first step, you know, with any financial plan, <clears throat> you know, with, with marriages, jobs and businesses, you know, often taking unexpected turns you got to be sure you have a portion of your assets and savings separated for a rainy day or for the unexpected event. <clears throat> many individuals, you know, they kind of fall victim to these unforeseen events. I mean, we all do. It's not many, it's everybody, right? I and mean, we all have things that happen that we don't really expect. So, you got to make sure that you have 3 to 6 months of your expenses set aside for an emergency fund that's in a pretty safe place. Um, you know, it can be invested very conservatively, but it needs to be liquid and you need to be able to get access to it immediately. And <clears throat> I mean, these unforeseen expenses really aren't unexpected, um, they're just non routine, right? But they happen fairly consistently over time. You can expect about 10% of your budget are going to be these non routine expenses that are difficult to predict. So you have to have a place to go get that money so you don't go into debt whenever those expenses come up.
1: Yeah, another step here is I like this one to to uh, you know, keys to a great retirement is plan like you're going to, you know, retire early. And yeah. so, you know, even if you don't wind up leaving the workforce early, you've you've planned on it and it gives you the option. So cut 10 years off your anticipated retirement date and save as much as you can towards that goal. The idea is this instead of thinking that you have 20 plus years to save start saving as if you only had 10 and then watch the money start to to add up and so whether you choose to retire early or plan to work forever having that option available is, is really is priceless and uh, that's especially you know so in the event that you're forced to uh, to you know to, to retire due to an unfor- uh, unforeseen circumstance health related economic downturns company downsizing i mean we see many people think they're going to work to 65 and about half the people can't because of one of these reasons so plan early for retiring and if you don't need to retire you can continue to work but you have a
0: choice yeah, exactly. That's <clears throat> that's a great point. Yeah. Another one is consider your risk tolerance, your true risk tolerance. I mean, whether you're a smart millennial who's just getting, you know, kind of jump started on retirement um, or retirees seeking to offset inflation or somewhere in between. I mean, it's always important to consider your true risk tolerance and your circumstances. I mean, that includes how much risk you can afford to take both financially and emotionally, um prior to making your your investment decision you know there's a fine line between taking on too much risk and too little risk with retirement investments investors they, they you know they're who are trying to make up for lost time they'll often lose money by taking too much risk you know buying high selling low Um, you know, getting scared out kind of at the bottom. So on the other hand, there are investors that are too conservative with their money. They're, you know, they find themselves that they kind of get behind and they don't make the return that they need to stay ahead of inflation and produce the income that they need in retirement. So you got to understand kind of what your appropriate risk level is, both from a time horizon standpoint and from a comfort level standpoint, so that you're getting the right return, but at the same time, you're not taking too much risk or you're losing sleep and, and, and tempted to bail out when markets are down. So very important. Next one here is plan ahead for Social Security. You know, don't wait till you're 61 to start planning for when you will take Social Security payments. Um, we see a lot of clients that are forced to, to draw early from Social Security when they had really, you know, um, uh, you know, had planned if they had planned 10 years earlier, they could have avoided that and they could have allowed it to grow and defer their payments. Because it does go up about eight percent per year when you delay your payments. So start prior to that when you're gonna draw Social Security, when you turn 50 maybe start planning for, you know, when are you gonna take Social Security? Start thinking about that, thinking about where your income's gonna come from from the time you retire to the time you start taking Social Security. And uh, but if you start ten years early, that really gives you ample time to kind of work with a planner or somebody construct a strategy to make sure you have a plan for where your income is going to come from during those early years of retirement until Social Security kicks in.
1: Yeah, so the ninth ninth step here for a great retirement is you got to have inflation uh, baked into your plan. I mean, many people view retirement as a time. To, to become more conservative with their savings and investments. And while this may be right for some folks, don't forget you've got inflation that you've got to fight uh, on your nest egg and your income and retirees are certainly living longer than ever. And it makes sense to ded- dedicate some of that um, to, you know, areas that have outpaced inflation and that's stocks. I mean, that's, that's just fact when you go back historically. So it doesn't mean you need to be a hundred percent in stocks per se, but having some of that, in the portfolio, because inflation, even at you know two and a half or three percent, makes a huge difference over ten or twenty years. Your income will be cut almost, you know, twenty or forty percent over those time frames based on inflation.
0: Yeah, that's right. And the last one here, though, is don't forget about healthcare expenses. Yeah, I mean healthcare. You know, that's a that that's the the topic of our time, right? I mean, you know, it's an important consideration in retirement. It's ever changing. You you never know exactly how that's going to look. The only thing that's been stable really has been Medicare and so, you know, Medicare, Medicaid. Um, so, you know, it's something you have to consider, you know, and if you're considering retirement before 65, when you'd be on Medicare, um, you need to plan for how you're going to bridge that gap between the time you retire and the time you get on Medicare. And when you do go on Medicare, you got to consider whether you're going to take, you know, part part. Part C, um, which is Medicare Advantage or Part D, which is a prescription drug program. Um, so you need to think about these things in retirement. It's a big part of retirement. Are you going to buy a Medicare supplement? How much does that cost? When do you're going to get that? What are you going to do in the years prior to, you know, qualifying for Medicare at 65? So, um, have a plan for that, have that built into your retirement budget. And, um, that brings us to our, our, uh, Question topic. That's it to our question of the week.
1: Yeah, this question is uh should I sell my truck worth thirty five thousand, has a loan balance of twenty thousand, and it has another three years on it, and buy a fifteen thousand dollar used truck. So basically, sell the truck for thirty-five, pay off the loan, you'd have fifteen to go and buy a used truck instead and have no payments. I love it. I do too. I love it. In three Mm. years. You know, you would have let's the, let's say the truck payment's five hundred bucks a month, whatever the number yeah. is. Take that and put it into a Roth IRA for three years, and you know, you've got eighteen grand, twenty grand that's going to fund you know retirement. I, that's a, exactly yes, I, so definitely.
0: I hate car payments. You know, if you can sell your car and get a good used car, by all means, do that. Yep. I mean, nothing that's wrong with have a new car if you have the money to pay cash for it, but. My goodness, um, you know why well, take all that depreciation if you're saving for retirement? You're, yeah, you know, trying to meet your goals.
1: And if you're not able to save for retirement because of a, a vehicle payment, that's not a that's, that's not that, the right that's wrong. Answer. Your
0: priorities yep. are messed up, yep. exactly. So, but a good question of the week, yeah, I mean, I, I love that. Sell that expensive car that you got payments on, pay it off, buy a good used vehicle. That'll get you on the road to success in a hurry. So, good, good topic there. That brings us up here to our Next topic, and that is um, working part-time in yep. lieu of retiring. Um, is that a good idea, John?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It, it, for a lot of folks, it is. I mean, this comes from uh, The Motley Fool, and uh, Bob Bob Dylan had a song that's called Times They Are a Changing, and mm-hmm. I, I can't sing it, so I won't do it, uh, <laughs> way back in the 60s, and who knew the, the song could become a retirement anthem for anyone born in the same decade? So, you know, we're in a new area of retirement planning in the U.S., and a lot of older Americans— as we mentioned, have not saved enough in their working years for uh, financial security. And even with people knowing the importance of retirement saving, many of those are still at the height of their careers and they haven't set a lot of money aside, Um, you know, much less doing 10% per year, which people recommend. So part-time work uh, becomes kind of a necessary tool. For some people, it's not, but for some people it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great way, like I said earlier, to step into retirement, put a toe in the water. Um, But, yeah, without sufficient savings, you know, older Americans, they have to kind of rethink their retirement outlook. You know, they don't have decades to grow a nest egg, and that kind of leaves them with with three options, right? They either keep working, um, you know, rely on Social Security uh, in a bigger way, or downsize your expenses. And, you know, many people are going to choose to keep working, and not only for the financial benefits – but, you know, also just for the fact that they're, they're going to be engaged, you know, with their, with their uh, peers mm-hmm. and, and people they're used to being around, um, you know. So, I mean, it's just fulfilling for a lot of people to stay working. And so for those reasons, transitioning to part-time work in lieu of full retirement may soon become kind of the norm. I mean, you know, if, if that's the plan you're considering – So here are some of the things you should consider about that and how it affects your Social Security benefits, taxes, and Medicare.
1: Yeah. So when you start looking at Social Security, if you claim Social Security benefits before the full retirement age, uh, you are subject to an earnings limit. So for every $2 you earn above that annual earnings limit, your monthly benefit is reduced by a dollar. So in 2020, that earnings limit is $18,240. The good news is that investment earnings, interest, pensions, and annuities and capital gains do not count towards that earnings limit. And if you're self-employed, the uh, Social Security Administration only looks at your net self-employment earnings. So that full retirement age beforehand, you know, the Social Security amount will be impacted.
0: Yeah, that's right. But also, I mean, the the benefit reduction is not a permanent one. Once you reach full retirement age, um, which is, you know, between the ages of 66, 67, depending on when you were born, um, your wages are no longer, you know, uh, no longer affect your Social Security income. So once you reach FRA, you can make all the money you want. You can still um, draw Social Security. It won't be affected because at that point, the um, they recalculate your benefit and you'll see a larger check from Social Security going forward. So still, though, if you prefer to avoid the reduction early, you have two choices. You keep your earnings below that nineteen, roughly eighteen nineteen thousand dollar limit, um, or you um, uh, you wait, you know, uh, until the month that you reach full retirement age to start your Social Security benefit. Those are kind of your two choices.
1: Yeah, so part time work definitely impact could impact the Social Security benefits. Another one is uh, how it how does it affect your taxes and certainly your tax bill on retirement. Has a couple moving parts, uh, including income from wages, Social Security, retirement distributions. Most of those, except for Roth IRA distributions, are probably gonna be taxable. So, if you plan on supplementing your part-time income with taxable retirement distributions, your income could go up or down. So, you got to crunch the numbers, you know, based on your distribution uh, per your plan and ex- you know expected paycheck to see how your income and tax burden uh, is gonna change. So, you know, if you transition to that part-time work you delay your retirement distributions in Social Security, you're likely going to find yourself in a lower tax bracket and enjoy a smaller tax bill. So that's when we start looking at Roth conversions as a as a possibility. And, and the story certainly gets a little bit more complicated um, because Social Security is only taxable up to 85% um, you know, once your income exceeds certain thresholds, which are fairly low. So combined income uh, equals adjusted gross income plus non uh, taxable interest plus half of your social security benefits. So it does get complicated, but you, you just got to know that, you know, th- there are ways to do Roth conversions when you do retire and you're working part-time, right. you know, the 12% tax bracket goes up to about $105,000. So gross
0: income. Yeah. yeah. So if you can
1: do some Roth conversions at that 12%, that's a pretty good deal.
0: It really is. Yeah. We really work hard with our clients trying to help them manage their taxes, you know, in retirement, right at the top of the 12% bracket, You know, so when their RMDs kick in at age 72, you know, they 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 don't waste any of that 12 percent bracket and don't get pushed up into the 30 to 22 percent bracket. Um, But, yeah, for single followers, you know, if you want to avoid tax on your Social Security, your combined income has to be below twenty five thousand dollars for a single person. That's a pretty low threshold Mm -hmm. for joint filers. It has to be below thirty two thousand dollars. Um, so those are really low thresholds. I mean, your job may push you above those thresholds with other sources of income. Most people need to live more than that to live off of. So, you know, they haven't indexed these limits in, in decades. So these limits have gotten to be almost non. there you know, almost irrelevant. Um, They're so low. You can kind of count on about 85% of your social security now being taxable.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So it definitely impacts your taxes. The other piece that working part-time impacts is potentially Medicare. So uh, you're eligible for Medicare parts A and B at age 65 and, and medical uh, Medicare part A is hospital insurance. It's free to anyone who has paid Medicare taxes for at least 10 years. Uh, Part B is paid insurance. It covers doctor's visits, preventative service, and outpatient care. So if you still have a job, you also may have access to an employer-sponsored plan. So if the employer you know offers health benefits to part-time employees, you got to reach out to your benefits administrator to discuss the different options. Uh, Medicare may be optional or it may be required depending on the number of people that are covered in your uh, employer plan, so in a small plan that covers fewer than twenty people, uh, you have to get Medicare. But you know the employer plan should should keep it, and it becomes secondary. So under a large plan. Uh, You can stay solely on your employer plan. You can transition entirely to Medicare, or you can use the employer plan as the primary insurer and Medicare as your secondary. So you've got to coordinate those benefits with with your administrator and make sure you understand the rules.
0: Yeah, that's right. The right strategy really depends on kind of the the cost of your options and how much coverage you want. I mean, normally um, you'd apply for for Medicare about three months before you turn 65, um, if you've already applied for Social Security, um, you'll be enrolled in Medicare Parts A and B automatically. So, you know, should you um, decide to, to stay solely on your employer's plan, you can cancel your Medicare enrollment in the first few weeks.
1: Yeah, so the key is, is um, you know, even if your decision to continue working is a financial necessity, you can navigate and do some planning uh, for this new retirement terrain. Uh, first, you know, find a part-time job you love, uh, you can sort out your strategy for social security taxes and, and Medicare. And once the, the, the dust settles, you can update your retirement anthem to a different Bob Dylan song and focus on being forever young.
0: Forever young. I remember that. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. Yeah. That was good too. So part-time is a
1: good, a good option for a lot of folks. It's a real
0: good option. Yeah. If you don't mind, you know, working and it gets you out there and gets you up in the morning and you know, a few times a week that, that wouldn't be a bad thing I think for most people, but anyway good topic and that leads us up to our final thing and that is the prescription of the week yeah so um,
1: we've we've had some our, our families had some interaction with folks that are adopting kids over the years and Steve it's amazing how expensive adoption is I mean yep. the numbers that we're hearing from folks going through that process is forty to forty five thousand wow. dollars wow. Um, that you have to raise and so forth so if you're if you are adopting a child make sure you work with a CPA um, that can help you get the tax credits because there are credits available yep. um, but also just do some planning, some praying. Um, you know, most of that money is raised from friends and family, uh, quite frankly, but, uh, some CPAs yeah. can help you make sure you get those credits because that will help offset some of that, uh, some of that initial cost.
0: Yeah. No kidding. That, that might be a good reason for a GoFundMe page, you know? Yeah, you might, absolutely. You might get money for that for yep. sure. That's, that's a, but that's a good prescription of the week. Yeah. Definitely want to make sure you get all the benefits you can get. And there are a lot of things in there for, for adoption. So, um, Good Prescription of the Week. And that brings us to a close for this week's edition of MoneyMD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, MoneyMD.net, or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Have a good one.